Okay, so we're going to pick it up from the bottom of Pedal and Amid Beis. The Gemara says like this, Yemar Bar Choshu, Habimaski Bi Zuzi Bahu Gavra. So the Gemara says the following, just to review what we're talking about. We were talking about in the Mishnah, if you have money that was not left, that was left in public domain, or items that were or left by someone else. And... When the person dies, he has Yarshim, but he also has people who owe him, who he owes money. Can the people he owes money, can they get the money first, or does it automatically go to the Yarshim? According to Rav Akiva, it automatically goes to the Yarshim, unless you grabbed it when the person was alive. If not, it goes to the Yarshim automatically. Rav Tarfan says, no, if you grab it, uh, you can grab it. The Yarshim, the Yarshim don't necessarily get it first. So the Gemara says, like this, the Gemara says, Yemar Bar Choshu have a mask now, Yemer Bar Choshu was owed money by a certain person. What happened was, Shachriv Vishavik Arba, that person died. So the person who owed Yemer Bar Choshu money died, and he left a boat. That was his, you know, one of the items that he had left over that was valuable. So he left a boat. So Yemer Bar Choshu wants to claim the boat, like Rav Tarfin, grab the boat um, before the Arshim. Now the problem is, he couldn't go himself. So what did he do? So he sent a Shliach to go get it. Okay. Now, okay, it's fine. Shlichus works. Fine. If you hold like Rav Tarfin, and this whole thing is fine, he's following Rav Tarfin, and he's pointing at Shlich. Now, Ozel Tavsa, so the Shlich grabs the boat. Pogube Rav Papa, Rav Hunabrader of Yeshua. As the guy is schlepping the boat away, he sees Rav Papa and Rav Hunabrader of Yeshua. Now, what he doesn't realize, Rav Papa and Rav Hunabrader of Yeshua also are owed money by this guy. So they also kind of want the boat. But, they're, and they're also about to tell him a halachic ruling, and that is. You cannot appoint a shliach to take money when there are other people that also can get the money. Meaning, if there's a lost item on the floor, I can't say, hey, pick it up for me as a shliach, because that's called being pointing a shliach b'makim shachav l'acherim. You could appoint a shliach to take money that's only yours, but if there's money that other people can get, you can't appoint a shliach to grab the money when it's to the detriment of others. In this case, he appointed a shliach to take the boat. The problem is there are other people that are owed money. They also can have claim to the boat. So you can't appoint a shliach to take the boat if there are other bali choivas. So if Pavan Yeshua says to the shliach, you're grabbing the boat when there are other people that have claim to it. So this shliach doesn't work. So you got to get rid, uh, let go of it. So he lets go of the boat. So it doesn't work. So what do they do? They grab the boat. Because <laughs> they're owed money. So they, gra- they grab the boat. So so now you have Rav Papa and Rav Hunabi Yeshua are both trying to claim the boat. So how do they do it? Rav Papa Mimlech Maluchi. Rav Papa was try- got in the boat and started to row it. That was his form of Kenyan. And at the same time, Rav Hunabi Yeshua Matach Labashla. He's grabbing a rope and pulling it. So you got these two Amiroyim trying to claim in other ways. Now, this one says, I got the boat. This one says, I got the boat. Pogabur of Pinchas Barami. So Pinchas Barami sees these Rabbanim. And again, what they're doing is they're grabbing it in before the Yarshim because they're following Rav Tarfin. Now, the problem is, as we mentioned yesterday, even Rav Tarfin is only lenient if the item was in a public domain. If the item was in a private domain, then it automatically goes to the Yarshim. Now, or not even private, semi private, it also goes to the Yarshim. Now, what's public by a boat? The river. What's private? The shore. So, Rav, who is this? Rav, 
Rav Pinchas Bar Ami says to him, he just says to them, Stam, even if you want to hold a Griftarfin, I don't understand, but you're grabbing the boat from the shore. That's a semi-private area. It automatically goes to the Yarshim. It has to be more public. So ha- ha- this doesn't work anyway. So, we grabbed it from the middle of the water, meaning that boat was not sitting by the shore. They actually swam in to get it. Okay. So, they're following Riftarfin. Now, the problem is, this one has a claim to it, that one has a claim to it. So, who actually owns the boat? So, they go in front of Rava. You're like white geese, meaning you're hush of a people, and you're stripping people's clothing away, meaning uh, you're not acting appropriately. Why? The halacha is, we paskin like Rav Akiva. And Rav Akiva is only maida if you grab it when he's alive. Meaning, in other words, you guys are grabbing it like Rav Tarfin. That's not appropriate. We paskin like Rav Akiva. So what you're doing is incorrect. That's the end of that story. <clears throat> Another story. Most of today is just different stories and claims. Okay. Avimi so, this is interesting. Avimi Braidarav Avua owed money to people in the city of Chazai. Okay? So he sends it with Chama to be a Shliach to pay. Now, what you're going to do is, <laughs> this Chama, Braidarav Avua, did something very dumb. And that is, I don't, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it, it's not a wise thing. If you're going to pay someone back, you don't pay the money and then just walk away. You get the, the, the star, right? If, 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 if I owe you $1,000, you have a document that says I owe $1,000, I just give you $1,000 Venmo and I don't ask for any payment back. It's really dumb because you could just still claim the money and say, I don't know what you're talking about. So this is what Rahama did. He was paying back people of Chayzoi, Piranu, he pays them, but he doesn't get the document. Doesn't rip it up, it doesn't get a receipt. So Amr Lahu, Havalishtare. So he says to them, Can I have the payment? Meaning he didn't pay, he paid first and then he then he got the document. Which is, uh, so he says, Can I have the document? Ninu. They say, No, 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 no. He owed us two things. You were just paying one of them. We're still holding on to the document. Now whether that's true or not, doesn't know. It, it, we don't know, but he was paying for the loan. And then he says, can I have the document? And they're like, there were two loans. You just paid for the first one. And we're going to keep the second. So, uh, so it's a problem. So the question is now, who's believed? So the Gemara says, Ravo asked Chama, did anybody see you pay them? Were there aid them to the payment? He says, Loi, no. So says, Amigu. They could just claim we were never paid. The very fact that they're claiming that they were paid, but there's a second loan, you have to believe them because you paid without witnesses. That means that they could just deny the entire thing. Because they could deny the entire thing, anything they say, we're going to believe. Now, the question is like this. You understand? So the psak was, he has to pay a second time. The question is, does the shliach have to pay the original guy? Meaning, I owe Mr. Lorch money. I sent Gavin in this theoretical story. I sent Gavin to pay you back. He pays, but he doesn't get the document. And now I have to pay a second time. So the question is, can I take you to court, Gavin? Can I take you the shliach to court? So the Gemara says, what's the halach? Amr Vashi. Well, chazinon. The Gemara's first possibility is, the question is basically, were you negligent? 
So the Gemara says it depends. If the, if the person offered you the document and then you paid first, then you're negligent because they offered you the document. You should have taken it. But if they said pay first, then you get the document, then you're not negligent. You're just listening to the, the people. That's what Gemara says. Now, the problem with that is, is that, why, why she listens to them? Either way, you're being dumb by not. So the Gemara says, Vlohi, the truth is, in both cases, the Shalich has to pay. Because the original Mishalech can say, I sent you to pay the bill, not to make uh, give me a double bill. So uh, either way, you could take the Shalich to court. The Gemara continues. It's interesting story. There was a person who left documents by a certain woman for safekeeping. Now these documents, if you have control of them, you could use it as collateral. It has value. So it has these documents that she's holding on to. Also, Yarshim Katavilimine. So the Yarshim say, can we have it? Right? The father passed away. We'd like the documents. So, Amrilu, Michaim Tafsinulu. She says, no, no, no. I was ne- it was never handed to me to watch. I grabbed them, meaning I'm owed money and I'm keeping them as a collateral. So she claims that she's given it because she's owed money. The Yarshim say, no, you were asked to watch it. Do your job. Give it back. So the Gemara says, so how do we know what happened? So, so Rav Nachman said to her, you have to, the burner proof is on you. You have to prove that you were owed money and grabbed it as payment. Meaning, the only way you can do that is, do you have witnesses that while the father was alive, because again, we follow Rav Akiva, that you could only grab it when the person was alive. So while the father was alive, he wanted these documents back and you said no. Meaning, you have to prove that you grabbed these documents while the father was alive. So do you have proof of that? Amalei Laish, No. Then you're grabbing it after the father's death, which according to Rav Akiva doesn't work, so you have to give it to the Arshim. Okay. Another story. There was a certain woman who had to make a shvua in Rav's court, meaning she was going to swear and then not pay. She claimed money against her, she was just going to swear, I don't, I don't owe money, and then she was going to go free. The problem was, Amrle Bas of Chizda, the daughter of Chizda, which is Rava's wife. So Rava's wife says to Rava, I know she's a liar. I've seen her lie before, I've seen her lie under oath, she's going to lie. If you get her to swear, she's just going to lie. So what did Rava do? Rava listened to her and Abcha Rava Shvua. Asha Rava reversed it, and instead of having her swear to be exempt, Rava made the other, the plaintiff, swear and made her pay. Meaning generally the defendant swears and doesn't pay. But Rava switched to this time because he didn't trust her. So he made the plaintiff swear that she owes money, didn't give her the opportunity to swear, and made her pay. Because he trusted his wife. Which is interesting. This is like, brings into this discussion of like, like she doesn't have aidos because she's one aid, but like I trust her. Which I mentioned once Ramosha Feinstein uses when it comes to like kashras that like, if someone's like Mechal Shabbos, but it's your kid, and you know with 100% certainty they're not going to give you treif, there's a certain like halachic, there's like not halachic nemanis, but there's like practical nemanis. And it's sort of from the sugya. So the Gemara says, Zimnin haviyasi kamei Rav Papa v'Ravada bar Masna. There was one time where Rav Papa and Ravada bar Masna are sitting there, and I see how shtar And there's a certain shtar that came in front of them. They were dealing with a court case. There was a certain shtar that a loan document. So the Gemara says, Amrli Rav Papa yadana be the shtar periyahu. So Rav Papa said to Rava, I know that's a false document. I know it. I'm telling you, I know it's a false document. Like 
the wife of what like Reva's wife said that I know she's a liar. If Papa said I know that's a false document, so So Reva said, "Do you have another person with you so you can both testify?" No. He says, "Well, you're one witness. One witness doesn't count." So the question is, so how come by his wife? He accepted the testimony of one witness, but Rav Papa not. So Amar Le Rav Ada Bar Masav Le Rav Papa Kabasav Chizda. Why? How is Rav Papa different than Rav's wife? Why is the Rav's wife? Rav accepted his wife's, even though she he was one aide. She was one aide, but you're not accepting Rav Papa. So the answer is, Basav Chizda Kimle Begave. Rav knew his wife. He knew her not just based on reputation. He knew she wouldn't lie to him. Rav Papa, he doesn't know Rav Papa. He knows he's a tzaddik, but he doesn't. Meaning, there's like halachic nemanis, and then there's practical nemanis. Rava knew that his wife would never lie to him. He didn't know that about Rav Papa. So the Gemara says, "I'm Rav Papa." Now Rav Papa said, Rav Papa says, now that you're introducing a concept that if you trust someone, even if they're one witness, that's there is significance to this, then He said that if Abba Marbri would come and tell me a document is false, I'd rip it up. Just based on his testimony. So the Gemara says, well, wait a minute. The Gemara says, well, what a, wait a minute. Even Rava, who accepted his wife's testimony, he just made the other person swear. He didn't throw out the case. So he's like, what, you're ripping up documents? That, come on, you can't rip up the document. So he says, as the Gemara says, What I would mean is, I would, I would make the document weaker, meaning I would put the burden of proof on the other person. That's what I would do. Okay. The Gemara says the following story. It's an interesting story. There was a woman who had to who was called to court by Rav Bibi Barabaya. Let's assume Rav Bibi Barabaya is in Brooklyn. Okay, so she's summoned to a court in Brooklyn to make us to make an oath. Amr Lahu, the plaintiff said, I'd rather her, instead of swearing in front of this court, which is where the the, the the case is being is being adjourned. I'd rather her swear in her hometown because the neighbors will be there and she's not gonna lie. Meaning the Baldin, the plaintiff was saying, listen, I don't trust her. I'd rather her instead of her swearing in Brooklyn, can we just have her swear in Manhattan, which is where she's from, and in front of a different court. And then once she does that, we'll come back. Okay. Because I know that she's not gonna lie in front of her family members. Okay, fine. So the Gemara says, Amr Lahu. So she said, so when he said to fine to do this, so she said like this. But here, here's the thing from her perspective, she doesn't want to go to court twice, right? It's not fair. She's willing to go to the Brooklyn court and swear. But the plaintiff said, no, I'd rather you swear in Manhattan. So now she has to go to Manhattan, swear, and then go to Brooklyn to finish the case. It's not fair. So she says like this Can you write a document saying I'm innocent? Don't give it to me. Give it to the Shliach, give it to a Shliach of Bezdin. I'll go swear in, in Manhattan, and then when I'm done swearing, you'll give me the document. I don't have to come back. Okay. I think that's fair. Now, the, the, so what's the Shaila about? The Shaila around this, of whether this is permitted, is it's not a good optic to write. You're like, you're writing in court that she's innocent based on, like, perhaps she's making up. It looks like 
you're playing games. Even though you're not, because it's only going to be delivered after, but you're writing a document, like, on official, you know, Bezdin letterhead, that she's innocent when she's not, based on, like, future. The question is, do we care that it looks like a fake document, even though it's 100% valid? Like, do we care that the optics, like, Mara science, so to speak? So that's what she wanted to do. Write a document of innocence, and when I swear, give it, give, give it to me then. Apparently in Rabibi's town they were short people. He said, because you come from a short people village, he's saying short things. Meaning, well, what are you doing? Why? So Rav Papi's complaint is that you can't write a document, even if it's 100% honest, if it looks fake. That's the problem. Like, you're writing a document that she's innocent before she was proven innocent, even though it's going to be delivered later, it's just it looks fake. He says, I'll prove it to you that the optics is uh, a factor. Why? So he says, uh, because there's a halacha that if you want, isharta dadaini, isharta dadaini means that Bezdin um, uh, certifies a document is valid. So the halacha is, uh, if the document was written before the witnesses testify about the authenticity of their signatures, meaning, can Bezdin, Bezdin is, is supposed to authenticate a document. Let's say they write the authentication on the document. Then the witnesses come in and prove it's their signature and then give it to them. Say so just wrote it early because let's say the uh, official notary guy is leaving. So they're like, listen, just write it's authentic now. I'll give it if it is. The halach is you can't do that. Why? Because it doesn't look honest, because you wrote it's authentic before it was proven to be authentic. So you can't do it because it's a bad optic. So says Rav Papi, if that's true, then the same thing over here. You can't do it because it looks, uh, this, 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 uh, you know, looks uh, not, not honest to, to say that she's innocent when she's not. Alma, Mixika Shikra. You see from here that if a document looks false, that's a problem. The Gemara says, Veles, it's actually not true. Uh, you could actually make a document. It's fine. Um, we're not worried about the optics of a document. How so? It's like this. Um, the second Ahmed is incredibly easy, so it's nice. Um, the halacha is like this. A get has to be written lishmaya, which means that if, if, let's say, I have a wife, let's say if someone whose name is Yaakov, his wife's name is Rachel, and they're from Queens, and they write it, but then they change their mind, you can't just find someone else's Yaakov and Rachel from Queens, because it wasn't written Lishma. It's a machlekes tanoim, what needs to be written Lishma? The, the Rabbanon said everything, the names, the dates. Rav Meir Shita is, the only thing that needs to be written Lishma is the signatures, meaning it has to be signed for that purpose. But if, let's say you write a doc, you write a get without the signature signing it. Like you want to make a store that just mass produces you know, the m- yeah. main part of the git, but not the signature. That's fine, according to Rameh. Rameh's shita is that you can go to the garbage, find a get that's Yaakov divorcing Sarah from Queens with no signatures, and you could use it if you have the same name. I, it looks fake, because anyone who sees you taken out of the garbage sees that it was written for someone else. What's the answer? Who cares? I don't care about the optics. It's a valid document. It's a valid document. And the Gemara adds, Afilu, 
Rabbonon, and even the Rabbonon who are against it, it's only because they feel that it has to be Lishma. So you see the Rabbonon are cool with it. So therefore, this concept that a Bezdin, that a Shtar has to look right, it's not accurate. The Gemara continues. The Gemara continues. Um, I'll prove it to you again. I'll prove it to you another way that, that um, again, we're questioning whether a, a document has to look, if a document looks false, but it's, it's accurate, is it a problem? So like the example was, um, a, a woman doesn't want to go to court a second time, so they write she's innocent, but they'll give it to her, deliver her to her later. So the question is, is it a problem? So Rav Papi said, yeah, because it looks false at the time. The Gemara is proving it's not a problem. I don't care what it looks like. If it's honest, it's honest. If it works out, it works out. What's the proof? The Gemara says the proof is from the follows. Let's say you have a document, a loan document. You loaned me $10,000 on January 1st, and I paid it. And then I borrowed money again, $10,000, a year later, January 1st. It's the wrong year. Could you reuse the document? No. Why? It's because there's a lien on the property from the original date. That's the problem, right? The, the lien takes effect from the moment of the loan. This document says the loan took place a year earlier. That means that the liens on my properties go back a year earlier and it can mess up the sales. If not for that, could you reuse the same document? Yeah. I, it looks fake. Who cares? Anyone says, well, what do you mean? I didn't see you write it up. But who cares? Who cares what it looks like? It doesn't matter if, if, if it's MS, it's MS. We don't care what it looks like. So the Gemara says, So you see that we're not concerned about what it looks like. We don't care what it looks like. It's, it's uh, you know, don't worry about optics when it comes to Shtaris. Okay. Now, um, these next three Gemaras are identical. Literally identical. So I'm going to run through them very, very quickly. Um, I don't know why. Uh, the Gemara says like this. Hahu Gavra... There was a man, Da'afkid, Shav Marganisa, Detzaira, Bisadina, Be'rav, Miyasha, Bar, Braid, Rav Yeshua, Ben Levi. There was a person who asked Rav Miyasha to watch seven pearls in a kerchief. Yes, to watch it. Okay. Very, 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 very expensive item. Now, Shachar Rav Miyasha, Rav Miyasha passed away, Vilei pocket, and he never told anyone what to do with the pearls. See, here's the problem. The guy shows up and says, I'd like my pearls back. Rav Miyasha was watching it. He goes to the Yarshim. The Yarshim say, how do you know that wasn't our debt? Right? Meaning, how, how do you know that it's not, how do you, why are you claiming that it was, it was asked, he sent it to him to watch? Maybe, maybe, maybe he, it's his. So who do you believe? That was the case. So the Gemara says, also come to Rav Ami. They came in front of Rav Ami and they said, what, what do you believe? Amr he says, I believe that he was watching it for two reasons. I know Rav Miyasha is not wealthy enough to have pearls. Right. There's no way a Rav, the only way a Rav, like now, the only way a Rav can have that type of wealth is if he's playing games. He's like, I know Rav Miyasha, does, he can't afford it. There's no way Rav Miyasha had, it's like the equivalent to saying, like, you know, there's like 10 Rolls Royces, no no chance. It's just not happening. So, first of all, I don't believe that he owned it. And secondly, this person gave a simon uh, for, for what the pearls looked like. Now, how would he know what the pearls looked like? 
if it wasn't his. Now, the only way he could have known what it looks like is if he was a Ben Bayis, like he went into Ashilas all the time and then he saw it in the corner of his eyes. So the Gemara says, right? So the Gemara says, we only believe him when he gives a simon because he didn't go to the house very frequently. The Gemara clarifies, This guy's simon is only accepted if he didn't, if he wasn't by Rav Miash's house all the time. Avol, but if he went to Ramiyash's house all the time, then it maybe was watched, maybe someone else left it there and he just noticed it and gave Simonim. But the point is, that's how we prove that it wasn't Ramiyash's, it was the uh, someone's who, who, who lent it. So it's strange that they don't give, that they don't reverse the reasons. Uh, the first one is like a Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I hear that. Um, yeah, maybe it's the order of events. I don't know. It's a good point. Now, the Gemara says two more stories that are identical. So we'll just run through it very quickly. Um, the Gemara says, uh, story number two, There was a certain person who left a silver cup with Chasa, who was a certain person, I guess a, a not-so-wealthy person, but an honest person. Chasa passed away. He didn't tell anybody what to do with the silver cup. So the question is, is it his silver cup or is it meant to be watching? So they said, what do you do? First, I know Chasa was not wealthy enough to own the silver cup. And similar, and secondly, the guy is giving a simit for what the cup looks like. And he clarifies, I'm only accepting the simon because this guy doesn't go to his house very often. But if he goes to the house very often, then we're concerned that maybe someone else had lent it and he had saw the cup and gave sim on him. That's the second story. And a third incident, identical as well. There was a person who, who left silk garments by Ravdimi to watch. Which were very expensive. Shachar Rav Dimi, Rav Dimi passed away. Like pocket, he didn't tell anybody what to do with it. Also, the commander of Abba, they came in front of Rav Abba. Amr Lahu. So again, claim of who owns the silk. So he says, first of all, I know Rav Dimi couldn't afford it. Void. Also, the guy's giving a simon, so we're going to believe him. And I'm only accepting the simon because the guy didn't go to Ravdimi's house all the time. If he went there all the time, then I'd be concerned that someone else had deposited by Ravdimi and he had seen it and he's giving the simon. All right, just to finish up the sugya, the, the Mishnah says like this. The Gemara says, It's interesting. A person before he passed away, he just said, or he wrote in the will, I want all of my money to go to Tuvia. He never identified who Tuvia is. So, Shachivi passed away. Also, Tuvia, a guy named Tuvia, one of his friends, comes over. He says, I'm Tuvia. So, the halacha is, You have to give it to him. Meaning, we're, gonna, we're not going to start figuring out which of the Tuvias that he knows he's probably closer. We're just going to go with the first one that came forward. Most likely, he's coming forward because he's closest to him and he's going to take it. I, I guess the point is, we have no way of proving which one he meant. I can't imagine you can give it to someone who, like, just off the street, but if he had three Tobias that were friends of his, and the first one came forward, okay, then we're going to give it to him. I had no way of proving. It's interesting. We have no way of proving who it is. Yeah. So the, the way article describes it is that um, it is presumed that this Tobias appeared first because he was a close friend of the deceased, was convinced that the reference was to him. Well, the other Tobias did not appear, were less friendly with the deceased. Meaning, I guess they heard about it. Rumor got out, and the, the other ones were like, there's no way he's talking about me. Which is, it's an interesting halacha. Now it takes a little further. Omer Tuvia, let's say a person dying said, I want to give all my money to Tuvia, and then a Rav Tuvia comes forward. 
then the halacha is you don't give it to the Rav because he would never call him Rav if I said uh, uh, give it to Neich Isaac before I passed you know not me whatever some passed away and Rabbi Olm shows up I'm not calling Rabbi Olm Neich Isaac you understand there's no way I would do that so oh but says the Gemara but if he was very close to this Rav then and they're close to be on first name basis then okay then Hagisba but if it's a, a, a Mispalel or, or you know a Talmud Exactly. Exactly. If you didn't grow up together, you're not going to call him by his first name. The Gemara says, "What about two tovias come forward at the same time?" So and here's the rule: Shachim v'tamachacham. If one's a neighbor and one's a tamachacham, tamachacham kaidim. We assume he wanted to give it to the tamachacham. Kare v'tamachacham. If one's a relative and one's a tamachacham, tamachacham kaidim. We assume that he wanted to give it to the tamachacham as opposed to his cousin. Okay. Ibaylu shachim v'karev mayev. What about a neighbor against a relative? So you got a you know a person on the block and you got a cousin. They're both named Tovia. Who do you give it to? So Tashima, Toiv Shachin Karev Miach Rochik. A close neighbor is better than a distant brother. Meaning cousins are cousins are families that are forced upon you. But friends, you get to choose. Okay. Shneim Kraven, what if they're both relatives? Both cousins. Or Shneim Kshainim, both on the block. Or shneim chacham, or both tamei chacham. Then shudet the daini. Then we're going to let the dayanim. They, they're going to have to. We're going to go with their discretion. Then there's no rules. They, we're just going to have to let them figure it out. The Gemara continues. Amar lei rava lebrei derachia bar oven. Ta emulach milsa malaisa dehava omer avucha. We'll start this. We're not going to be able to finish this. This is a whole sugya. But rava brei derachia bar oven said. Let me tell you something. Um, uh, Rava said to the son of Rechiv Aravin, "Let me tell you something from your father of Rechiv Aravin." Hadam Rishmuel when Rishmuel said, "Hamoicher shtarchar lechaveiroi bechazru machloi machol." It's interesting. Um, there's a there's a there's a profession. Jay does this where you buy debt, right? So you buy the rights to be goyva achayv. So if you owe me a thousand dollars and I have a document and I'm not interested in collecting, I could sell that document and the rights for collecting to Gavin for two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Now the the point is, once I sell that document to you to Gavin, mm-hmm. I could be Michael the Chayv, any document is worthless because I wasn't selling you the debt; I was selling you the rights of collection. Debt goes away. There's no rights of collection. Now I believe I have to check this out. I believe there's a sugya. I think you could take me to court. I think it has to do with uh, Dina Degarmi. I think this is a, a case of Dina Degarmi because I was Gairim you money because I basically took money from you and I, I kind of pulled the rug out from under you. But it works. Halachically, I could be Meichel Bechayv and it's a valid Mechila. Says the Gemara, Even more than that, the, 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 the heir of the person who owed, who's owed money could also be Meichel. But Moida Shmuel, but Rav Chibaravan, your father said that Shmuel's Moida, that if a woman brought in a loan document to her husband, that if a woman brings into marriage a document that says that she's owed $10,000, and then, so now the husband sort of has the right for collection because he inherits, he takes that from his wife, and then she's Michael, doesn't work because his hands are as strong as, they become like partners. Meaning when you buy the, the, the rights to be Gaiva, I'm still the one who's in control. You just have the rights of collection, but the debt is still owed to me, so I could be Michael, I could pull the rug out from under you. But if a woman has a debt owed to her, and then she gets married, she can't be Michael Lechayv anymore, because then she and her husband are now partners in the actual, not the collection of the debt, in the responsibility of the debt. And therefore, he can't be, she can't be Michael without his consent. I will stop here, we'll pick this up tomorrow, position.